0: So technology's great when it works, and I'm not very good at it. Just want to welcome you all to our church this morning. I'm Chantelle, and Paul and I are pastors here. We're slick, as you can tell. Um The next three weeks, um, we just wanted to look at something which is quite a simple analogy, really, of up and out. You might have heard this before. It's just a way of describing a balanced life of Christian discipleship. But we really want to delve a little deeper into each one. So up would be a life of faith towards God and worship. Um, in deep connections with fellow believers, um, a real sense of community. And outwards is pretty obvious, looking outwards towards our world, what we might call missional living. And this morning I've asked um, a few friends to share what up means to them, what their relationship with God is like. But um, I just wanted to set it in context and then you'll hear from, from them in, in very shortly. Um, relationships are all about give and take, aren't they? And I think many of us might have experienced those kind of friendships or relationships, where we're always the one making the effort, we're the one sending the text, we're the one saying, do you want to do something? We're the one who's there when that person needs a shoulder to cry on them, and it's our turn when we're upset or we need help, they're nowhere to be found. And you get a bit tired of those kind of friendships or relationships, don't you? You get a bit fed up when you're the one always reaching out and putting yourself out there. And whenever I was thinking about this today, I just was thinking, you know, about our relationship with God. And I just thought... Well, actually, God's not like that. You know, he never tires of giving. He's always willing to reach out. He's always willing to make the first move. You know, like we just sang there, we said we sang, no matter what state our heart is in, he is faithful to answer. So if we've, like, strayed away from him, if we haven't talked to him for six months, whatever it is, he's faithful. He is always willing to give. But I do think for it to be a fulfilling relationship, there does need to be give and take. You know, if we take, take, take from God all the time and we don't give, it's not going to be a healthy relationship. And what does God get out of the deal? You know, we were all created to worship God. We were all created to give to him, to give ourselves to him. And that's what we were made to do so we're all worshipers every single one of us whether we know it or not everyone who's not sitting in this room this morning all your family all your friends they're all worshipers because they all worship something because worship is about value worship is simply about what we value the most. It's our response. It's the thing that we are putting first in our life. So that could be a relationship. It could be a dream. It could be friends. It could be status. It could be your job. It could be stuff. It could be some kind of pleasure that you enjoy. And if you want to know what it is you worship you need to follow a trail. There's a trail of your time, your money, your affection, your energy, what your loyalty and at the end of that trail you'll find a throne and whatever is on that throne is what is of highest value to you and that's what you'll worship. You know, it's true that we don't walk around saying, oh, I just really worship my car, I love my car. I worship my Xbox, I worship my job, I worship her, I worship my body, I worship myself. We don't, like, obviously walk around saying those things. But that trail never lies. You know, we might say that the thing we value more than any other is God or whatever but our actions do speak louder than our words so worship is really more about what we do than what we say and you know some of you might be sitting thinking I've heard all this stuff before especially in this church I've heard you talk about worship But I think this is something that we constantly need to be evaluating because our lives are constantly evolving and changing. Our relationships are changing. And if we don't keep track of this, things can change. And what we worship and what we value can easily shift. In the Bible, in Acts, Paul went to Athens and he found a lot of worship going on in that city. It says here, Paul stood up in the meeting and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you're very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you're you're ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Paul found a city full of idols to all sorts of gods. The people didn't even know what they were worshipping. That sounds familiar. People today don't even know what they're worshipping. He found an altar to an unknown God. They were really covering all their bases in case there was something they'd missed. He didn't find a lack of worship. He just found uncertainty about what to worship. And I think people today are worshipping and wondering if there's something more. It goes on to say, From one man he made all the nations and that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your poets have said, we are his offspring. You know, obviously we're not in ancient Athens anymore, but I do believe people everywhere are still searching. They're building altars to things. And they're wondering if there's a God that they can know. That's why he made us, so that we would seek him, like it says here, so that we would reach out and find him. That's what he gets out of the deal. He gets our worship. He gets relationship with us. That's why he made each and every one of us. And we can get distracted, but as it says in this verse, he's not far from each one of us. No matter what state your heart is in today, no matter how you're feeling, if you, if you don't sense it, God is near and he wants to draw near to you this morning. You know, God's inviting us, he's making the first move. He offers life and hope and freedom. And in our church, we are seeing lives change. We're seeing people restored all the time. And it's just such a joy for us. And we believe that's because of Jesus. It's because of the cross. You know, the cross is a place of unconditional love. It's a place of freedom, a place of redemption, a place of salvation. And the cross of Jesus is where true worship begins. You know, this Roman centurion was just doing his job. And Jesus breathed his last breath. You know, that was just, we can't imagine what that was like. He imagined, he witnessed the greatest act of mercy in human history just before that with his friends. He'd been mocking Jesus. He'd been scorning him. He'd beaten Jesus. But yet he was compelled to proclaim, surely this was the son of God. He was Christ's enemy, but the first person to have his eyes open to this redemption story. Amidst the horror of the cross and the brutality of the cross, worship is birth, worship comes. And worship is our response to who God is and what he's done. This definition I find really helpful. Worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to God for who he is and what he has done expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live it's from a little book called the air i breathe um by louis giglio and um Recently, I was reading an article, and it just um, stood out to me, this really challenging question. The question was this, do we have a secondhand spirituality? And what it meant was, are you living off the spirituality of others, or are you in a vital, personal, loving relationship with Jesus? You know, we can do all the right things. We can rock up to church, maybe even on time. You know, we can listen to the talks, we can sing the songs, we can serve in the team, we can give our money, but is our relationship with Jesus deeply personal? Do we truly worship him? You know, as I said before, relationships are about give and take, so are we spending time in his presence? What are we giving to him? What does personal worship look like? And the article I read was challenging to ask for specifics. So how often do we meet with God around his word? When do we talk to him in prayer? When do we spend time listening to him? How does silence, solitude, Sabbath and spiritual companionship and study fit into your life? Now obviously I'm not going to go around each one of you this morning and ask that question but I do think we could think about our answers and also maybe that's something in our life groups in community or in our just everyday friendships with our friends we could be asking each other those challenging questions you know not in a condemning way like how many hours have you spent this week but in a loving way like how's your week with God been with God what is God speaking to you about what are you excited about what is God saying to you and you know I just wanted to challenge us all this morning. Do we have those kind of friendships? Do we have those people in our life that we would let them ask us that and not get offended or annoyed? You know, would we give people permission to care about us in relationship with God? You know, we're all living in a really fast moving world. You know, I everyone knows probably that I love Facebook and the internet and all of that stuff, but it actually um, affects our brain wiring. Um, Neurobiologist studies show that going online promotes cursory reading, hurried and distracted thinking and superficial learning. There's a few big words. And you know, I love to read. I read a lot. But I'm finding myself, I'm being honest, that I'm like reading like little articles, little blogs. I'm not sitting down and reading a book the way I used to. And I think that if we're going to truly cultivate that personal relationship with Jesus, we're probably going to have to swim against our culture a little bit, swim against the tide. Like, look at these verses. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night be still and know that I am God like how often are we still how often are we meditating in god's word and i was just thinking like i don't I hope i don't put this across in a bad way but I was thinking, you know, some of the older people in our church who didn't grow up with the internet and social media, we need to learn from you about how you've cultivated your relationship with God because you didn't have those distractions, you didn't have those things. And I think, you know, we need to learn from each other about how we cultivate that personal relationship. And no matter how old or young you are, how long you've been a Christian or how short, we can always learn more, we can always love more, give God more. And some of us might be thinking, well, I want to get my house in order. I want to do this. Where do I start? It's just one step at a time. For me, I just love to listen to worship music. I just love what we did this morning. And if you don't want to download CDs, just type into YouTube, Ever Be Bethel, and that song will come on that we sang. I just listen to that all the time, different songs. I love reading. I just read that little book, The Air I Breathe, about worship. Um, And this is just something personally I wanted to share quickly that I'm doing. um, And then we're going to hear from a few other people. In this book, um, it was suggested that you do a 30-day worship journey. And it's a really simple thing. And I just thought I could share it with you. Some of you might want to do it. Um, We're all different. So different things float our boat. So I think when all three people share, you'll get something different from each one. And one might strike a chord with you so this is simple it's just simply saying God I am here for you please show me who you are reading from the Psalms, letting the words sink in. You know, look for one characteristic or one attribute of God that seems to grab your attention, that speaks to you. And when that's captured your heart, write it down in a little notebook or a journal. Take a bit of time to meditate on that aspect of God's character and think about what it means for you. You know, be honest with God. Write down Things from your heart to his, make it intimate, make it personal. And you can carry that word with you all day long and keep that conversation with God going. And you might be surprised at how often that crops up in the things that happen during your day. So I've just been doing this for a week or so. And so far, you know, I've been really drawn to things like the Lord watches over me, the Lord is a refuge, the Lord hears. He is a righteous judge. He's majestic. He counsels me. He is my rock. And things happen during the day. Then I go back to that thing and I think, God, you hear me. You hear how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking in this time. So that's just, just one little example of something I've been doing recently that's helped me. And I just want to ask Leslie if she'll come. Leslie's going to come and share about what up looks like for her, what her personal relationship is like.
1: A um, wee bit nervous this morning, and uh, as I was coming out of the house, um, my lovely daughter said, I don't know what you're worrying about, mommy. I won't be listening to anything you say anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> that's one less person to worry about. Um, Chantelle asked me to share what worship means to me. Um, I used to be involved in worship quite a bit in my teens and twenties, until I started a family, and then I stepped down from that ministry, which was the right thing for me to do at that time. And a few years ago, I was reading a book um, by Rennie Swope called A Confident Heart. I don't know if any of you have read it, but I would really recommend it. It's an excellent book. And she talked about how um, we as mums, quite often we do step down from ministry when our children are small. But when our children get bigger and they get less dependent on us, um, you can sometimes be left with um, maybe without a sense of where your ministry lies now. Um, maybe a lack of identity or confidence. And it's very easy to feel that way. And I think that's maybe where I was at. Um, But you talked about God placing a passion in your heart. And the passion in your heart might look different to what it looked before. Um, But if it's it's there, it's there for a reason and you're supposed to use it. And my passion is worship. um, And I absolutely love it. Um, So I decided to be a bit brave and I would join the (laughs) worship team. And they were very, very kind to me and they let me join even though I'm a really owl doll on the team. Um, But I'm flying the flag for the 40-somethings and I'm really enjoying it. And it's a privilege and a joy. Um, I love to worship because I love Jesus. It's as simple as that. Um, When I worship, something just inside lights up. Um, It just ignites me. And it's the time that I feel closest to God. Um, For me, worship is like breathing. There's a depth of connection there with God that for me personally just doesn't exist at any other time. Um, It just seems to bring me into real intimacy with Jesus and I feel it's when I hear from him best. Um, Sometimes it just fills me with so much joy that I can't stand still and I'm sorry if I've stood in front of you one Sunday and really, you know, distracted you. Um, Other times it it just fills me with a a real deep sense of peace and stillness in my heart, Um, especially, you know, in, in the midst of a storm. John Eldridge said, worship is the act of an abandoned heart in adoring its God. I think one of the times that God ministers to us most is when we're coming from a place of brokenness um, and we just can't do things on our own strength. Uh, Last year was, any of you that that know me well will know, was a very tough year for me. Um, I, where I listen to worship music's in the car, that's that's actually how I worship um, during the week. Um, I would play it in the car and, and, you know, sort of get in the zone, and and that's my special time with God. Um, But I had a lot of drives to and from hospitals um, and the hospice, and I would have turned that worship music up full blast, and I sang the whole way to to the hospital and the whole way home, and I didn't care who saw me, you know, and sometimes, you know, it was with tears streaming down my face. But... I didn't really care, it, it kind of gave me the strength that I needed to walk into that hospital ward and it helped me bring hope to what was a hopeless situation. Worship for me is a real weapon and when you choose to worship when things are hard, then you're really pressing into God and that's, that's when the, the strength really comes. You know, in saying that, um, I don't want to be blasé, I don't want to be Um, Negating what you're feeling today, and I'm very conscious that some of people here, you know, you may not be in a place where you feel like opening your mouth and praising God. Rick Warren said, your most profound and intimate experiences of worship will likely be in your darkest days, when your heart is broken, when you feel abandoned, when you're out of options, when the pain is great and you turn to God alone. When I worship, I'm just acutely aware of how much God loves me and You know, problems that I have don't go away when I worship, but it's almost as if the burden of them becomes lighter um, when we just get intimate with God. Um, For me, um, worship is more than what we do on a Sunday morning. Um, It's a lifestyle. Um, For me, it's carrying God's presence with me wherever I go. Um, I work for my husband and I'm studying as well, but um, I also, for a couple of days a week, work with teenagers who have special needs. And you know, it's really, it's my prayer that I carry some of God's presence into my job, um, not just in the doing of my job, but in building those children up. Um, you just really building up their self-esteem and their, their feeling of self-worth. I came into work one Monday morning just a few weeks ago um, and I had been at Deeper the night before. And recently I have been struggling quite badly with feelings of grief. And um, I've been at Deeper and I think, I had just experienced real breakthrough during the worship and I went into work that Monday and I was buzzing, you know, I was absolutely on a high um, I just felt, you know, that, that God had really met me and, and was starting to transform that in my life and one of my pupils said, miss, there's something different about you today, um, you're always smiley, she said, but t- today you're sparkling and, you know, I think that's lovely and I love that and I'm, I'm tucking that away in my heart psalm 40 uh, verse 3 says he has given me a new song to sing a hymn of praise to our god many will see what he has done and be amazed they will put their trust in god we're all different and you know your worship won't look like my worship um your service or your sacrifice to god is not going to look like mine i've just started reading a a book called unstoppable by christine kane jules had recommended it to me the other night um And I was just reading it last night and there was a passage in it that just, it just jumped out at me last night. And just to finish, I just wanted to share it because I really think that it's for somebody this morning. If you're tempted to question your role in this race out of fear, a sense of inadequacy, or the impression that you've already put in your time and it's someone else's race now, think again. God has plucked you out of eternity, positioned you in time. And given you gifts and talents to serve him in this generation your race is now this is your time in history you've been handed the baton of faith and entrusted to carry it forward as you run your part in god's divine relay no matter where you are in the race at this point god is committed to growing you into a champion you're never limited to your own strength and power the strength and power of our everlasting god is ready to be
0: unleashed in you Thank you, Leslie. Johnny.
2: So I guess the first thing that's important for me to say is that I, I live my life on a continuum uh, on all sorts of levels. But in context of worship and spirituality and walk with God, um, it's, it's a continuum of the old nature, like who I really am. And the, the new nature, who God says I am and who I am when I'm walking uh, in the power of the Spirit. Um, and, and I sort of tend to spend most of my life around about the middle of that continuum. Uh, sometimes I'm above average. There's flashes of excellent. And, um, and there's quite a lot of could do better. Just like school. <coughs> um, so, so that's the first thing that I want to say that's important that we realize that. Um, in response to that then, I, I realize that whenever I get those could do betters, there's never a feel. Because there's always grace there's always grace there can never ever be a feel with god uh, i'm a dad sometimes i'm not a good dad but i never stop being a dad even when i'm a bad dad so it's regardless of what my condition is my position is always the same so that's important to realize that there's a continuum there and that grace is there and that grace is important chantelle flashed up the joshua verse one of uh, joshua one nine was it right these words of the lord on your heart um, or they meditate on them day and night, and that's something that's really, really important for me. I have to be honest, music plays a very small part, apart from the odd bit of you 2 music plays a very small part in my expression of worship. I love what we do here, and I honor what we do here, and I don't vocalize enough what we do here. A lot happens here when I hear you sing, but from my week to week, my day to day, Apart from acrobat of Bachchan Baby, that, that that thats about the level of musical involvement I have. But I do like to have an involvement with the word, and sometimes that means I get to say to Leanne after the kids, and I can lock down somewhere and immerse myself in Scripture and try to grasp and grapple with what scripture's teaching me by reading books and reading the scripture in different translations and trying to understand, people who understand Greek, what they're telling me about what is being said. Um, and when that happens, that really nourishes the soul. And I find that, that that puts me in a good place and it makes me a better husband and a better father and a better worker and a better brother, etc. Uh, sometimes it just means going to the Dinos or Gospel Coalition and downloading somebody else's teaching. And there's loads of churches, including our own, that put their teachings on websites. And sometimes when I'm under pressure for time, and I want to spend time in the Word, and I don't have time to study to that depth, that's what I do. I download a, po- a podcast, and I just play it all the time. Um, and that, that, that's something that I find helpful. I've written my notes on my hand here. <laughs> so, So sp- spending time in the Word... I'm never. It never fails to astound me how much people transform and become more Christ-like when they spend time in the Word, and it's a measure. And actually, probably the response in what Phil and Hannah lead uh, is that's a litmus for me. That's a litmus test of an understanding of that grace that God outlays in His Word. Another thing that's really, really, really important is fellowship. Um, And again, while I love what we do here, and what I love what we do in Life Group, it's about making connections through the week with people that I'm not getting to see here. Um, there's some of you guys I want to hang out with a lot around the tables, but I choose not to, and I choose to catch up with you through the week um, because that's where I can really experience fellowship, and I can tell you what God's been doing in my life. I can tell you the good and the bad, probably more of the bad than the good, and you can tell me what God has done in your life, and as we engage with one another and we talk Jesus out, what we find is that application of the word then— starts to massage itself into the very physical person of who we are. And so fellowship is a really, really important thing for me. Uh, appropriately sharing fears, feelings, successes and achievements under uh, the, the umbrella of grace. Appropriately sharing. Um, so, so it's really important for me to get close to my brothers. Um, I, I, I strive for a foxhole mentality. Uh, we are in a war. It's a war. And there's going to be casualties. And, and I want to I engage the enemy uh, because he who is within me is greater than he is in the world. So I want to fight. I'm looking for the fight. Um, but I need somebody at my back. And I want to be at your back whenever the enemy is coming for you. So fellowship is really, 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 really important. Um, Peter says, extol the virtues of our God. And that's part of what we do uh, on a Sunday morning. It's part of what we do when we're listening to our worship CDs. But it's part of what we do when we're telling people about Jesus. Uh, that's where I really get off. Do you see when you're telling people about Jesus and you're seeing the connection, even if the response is a negative response, but you're seeing the connection, now you feel like you're operating in the spiritual realm and you just see God turn up. Um, So I can't talk enough about that. I don't do it enough and I wanna do it more and I bottle out, oh man, I bottled out. There was one of my customers I really bottled out on and then he became, because he was really scary, and then he became uber-Christian, and I'm like, well, actually, uh, pro- probably should have mentioned this before. Um, but there's grace. So, so, so extolling the virtues of our God, or what sometimes we call evangelism, is really, really important. And, and I think finally is this. I'm gifted. So are you. There's not one person in here who's not. Uh, Leslie already touched on this. Um, And Paul says this in Romans and again in Corinthians, when we use our gift, that's your spiritual act of worship. You want to take worship to a whole new level, use your gift. It it might be putting out chairs. It might be tightening up a screw or tightening up a bolt. It might be leading worship. It might be teaching the word. It might be putting an arm around someone or a hand of the elbow. Um, But you have a gift and your gift is given to you for the service of others. And when you use that, that's a God word activity. It's a God word activity. Um, so uh, that's it. Thanks.
0: Leanne?
3: It's not a good thing that Malcolm's laughing already. Yeah. <laughs> it <gonna get> up. <laughs> so when Chantelle asked me to do this, I, the first instinct was is show wise? handing me a microphone. Like, I can't even have a conversation with, like, bad sarcasm in. But I'm going to try and behave. So <laughs> I tried to prepare for this and tried being a big adult and did the whole, right, I'm going to say this. It's like a whisper going, no. Okay, so what about I say this? No. <laughs> like, okay, God, what am I supposed to say? And even as Leslie was up talking, I was like, hello, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> but I just got whispers and dreams in my head. And like, if I was a year and a half ago, I would have been sitting there going, that person needs to go and see their GP. Like, <laughs> if they're hearing whispers, there's something wrong with them. But just before I became a Christian, I had this, it was like a vision in the room of someone standing in the corner and just saying, I'll catch you, but when you're ready. And I was like... Do you know, as you do, you get up and look around, as if there's a burglar going to get a cup of coffee, but I came to church that Sunday, and just during the worship, it was as if somebody was to me, you're ready now, and that day I gave my life to God, and from then on, it's been like, I've been having dreams for me and for other people, but I've been hearing whispers as well, and... Whenever it happens, like I went to somebody who's supposed to be wise. She's not here today, thankfully. And she said, it's the gift of prophecy. And I says to her, I like the gift bit. Don't know what prophecy is. And she says, you listen to God. It's God talking to you. So I was like, right, okay. But do I tell the other people about it? Cause will they think I'm mad if I say, I had a dream about you last night. I don't know you, but I had a dream. And you would think. There's something wrong with her <laughs> but she says talk to me and i will tell you if, if it's going to help that person or if it's sensible to say it to the person so every time i had a dream i would say to this wise person that i had this vision it could be like one example would be this person was a child and they were playing catch me if you can <laughs> with a lot of other kids. And this person was just about to step into doing their own life group. And they were trying to lead people. So it was like a game of catch me if you can. And I was just like, I was so blown away whenever I said to that person, they started crying in front of me and they couldn't believe that they've been asking God if it's the right thing for them to do. And then whenever i had that dream they just kind of knew that that was god talking to them and i was just blown away completely by it so i think god doesn't like me sleeping at all because it always seems to be during the night that he gives me the whispers or he'll give me the dreams and i'll have to get up and write them down (laughs) and i know they're from him because he puts them in language i i understand He dumbs it down for me, (laughs) it's the best way to put it. And ever since then, if I'm having a hard time, like I can't read my Bible or I'm just ready for giving up, he always whispers something. Even if it's just a simple whisper, I've got this, or we're going to get through this. It's not always you are going to get through this, it's we. Which it reassures me that God's always by my side.
0: It's brilliant thank you and i just love um hearing from three different people because they're all so different how they worship jesus how they have relationship with jesus is all so different and it's just so rich i totally love that just to quickly finish You know, worship is a personal thing, and those people have shared deeply personal things this morning. But worship is something that we do corporately as well, as it says in this description. And at its core, the church exists to glorify God and to worship him. And that's why at Carrick Vineyard, worship is such an important value to us. But have you ever thought that worship doesn't just start when we're sitting in this hall and we stand up together to pray and sing? I really like this, most of my life I thought you went to church to worship, but now I see that the better approach is to go worshipping to church. Trust me, church is a lot better when our gatherings are filled with people who have been pursuing God for six days before they get there. Church as a refill or a tank up is a disaster. Corporate worship works best when we arrive with something to offer God, as opposed to only coming to get something for ourselves from God church is supposed to be a celebration of our personal journeys with God since we were last together so it's again what are you going to bring to worship what's your sacrifice of praise you know worship is something we have to choose it's intentional we have to set our hearts on that on worship so I just want to encourage you all um next week when you're coming to church you know Don't just think about your great night on Saturday night or how you've bawled the kids out before you um, left the house. You know, as you cross the car park, take a deep breath you know, and think about what you're coming to do, the vastness of the God that you're coming to meet. You know, think about his love and grace and all those things that we know that God is is and has done. Before worship begins, be worshiping throughout the week and worshiping in your heart. It's key to come prepared and to connect with God and to keep our eyes on him. You know, imagine if each of us Um, was worshipping God through the week seeking his face whatever way that looks like for us in the different ways we've described you know some of us might have a great week and be so happy and thankful some of us might have a tough week encounter sorrow and pain But we'll all come with our story to tell of a faithful God. He's with us in the good times and the bad. You know, all our personal streams of worship flowing in like one river on a Sunday as we gather. It's just telling a greater story of who God is and and what he's done. So as we lift our gaze up to him personally and corporately, you know, I believe that God will change us in our communities. But ultimately, we are doing what we were created to do, and that's to give to God and to worship him so can everyone stand and we're going to do that just to finish we're going to worship him together as we sing